What is going on? Welcome to the Land Podcast. This week we have my good friend Richard Rapley, who worked for the NRCS and has specialized in CRP the last six years. And every once a month he comes down and we shoot photos for Exodus and whatever else we have going on. So um, really appreciate Richard taking the time to talk all about what he knows. And as he mentions, this is not uh, his, these are his opinions, no one else's. But regardless, if you're wanting to learn more about CRP and you're at the 101 level and you're just now trying to learn just a little bit more, what are some good practices? What are some things that maybe you should go in and ask questions at your local FSA NRCS office? to get a little bit more information. So I hope you guys really enjoyed this. Before we get into this episode, I do have to tell you this. We have something going on at Exodus that we're really excited about. So if you're anything like us, you realize that waiting for Black Friday savings doesn't help you much during the most critical time of your season. That's why we've decided to run a very limited sale right now to help you. So starting right now, save 27% off on any render any render bundle by using the code RUT27. So you can save on the Render Fast Start Bundle, which is the Exodus Render, a set of lithium batteries, an Exodus SD card, or you can save $138 on the Render and SP18 bundle. So you get a solar panel and the Render for $303. That is the steepest savings we've ever done. So be sure to take advantage of this. This is valid for the first 270 uh, offers to be claimed. And in case you're not familiar with our product line, the Exodus Render is our 4G LTE camera that works with any connected device and provides some of the fastest transmission times in the entire industry. On top of that, it's about as user-friendly as it gets and comes with an ex- comes with the Exodus Advantage. If you don't know about the Exodus Advantage, let me just tell you these three things. Five-year no BS warranty, five-year theft and damage coverage, and best-in-class customer service. So now is the time to experience the Exodus Render and get an edge for this season's rut. Do yourself a favor and start running the most dependable cell camera on the market and use the code RUT27 to save up to $140 on select bundles. So hope you guys take advantage of that show. Support to the Land Podcast and Exodus and everything that we do here would be greatly appreciated. We have that running until the end of Halloween so or the first 270. So whatever comes first. So be sure to take advantage of that. That is it for now. Hope you guys enjoy this episode with Richard. And until next time, here we go. Richard, welcome to the Illinois Home Office. Jacob, how are we doing? Good, man. It's been fun because I know you've been you've seen the full progression of this room from when it was a one stall car garage or full of sliding glass doors, <laughs> full of moving boxes. Yep, shelves, uh, like eight foot ceilings, and now we have like a probably 13, 14 foot ceiling, probably. And you got to see it get framed in, spray foam insulation, and now it's it's not quite the finished product, but pretty darn close. It's looking corporate. Hey, you know, we got we to gotta scale and grow here. So uh, it's been fun because I've wanted to do more of these in person because obviously with the Exodus podcast, I've traveled a bunch of different places and done a lot of in person. But the Land Podcast quite hasn't had as many in person. Yeah, episodes. a lot of Zoom calls. A lot of Zoom calls, which are okay and they're good because you can talk to a lot of different people. But um, gosh, it's fun because what, let me back up. My junior year of college, I worked at the Wetland Initiative, it was a nonprofit. Plant a bunch of plants. That's the easiest way to say it with that job. Plant. Yep. And uh, Michael worked there. <clears throat> and you were you friends with Michael then? Yeah. So and then by happenstance, really, carpooled the ATA in what year? Twenty eighteen. Yeah, before COVID, twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. And was that that was that kind of when you were starting to get into photography at that time frame, or a little bit before that? Um, I think I bought my first camera in twenty. I think it was that it's like spring of nineteen, late eighteen, something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's been the coolest thing because I've been able to see the progression of your photography 
skills overall. And, you know, if I got lucky every now and then poke a deer, you drive down <laughs> and take pictures. And it's been, it's been so cool. It's been really fun to, to see you get better at your craft. Yeah. It's been a journey. If I could, I need to see how many hours I have logged on YouTube for uh, photography videos. <laughs> Cause I, I have a, I got a buddy that's my, that was my mentor and you know, he lived an hour away. So it was mostly just texting and stuff, but YouTube, YouTube did it. YouTube university. That's makes the world go around for just about everyone. You can learn anything on YouTube. Yeah. And so what's been, uh, what's been one of the most, what's been one of your favorite progressions? Like whether it's a form of life or like lifestyle photography, harvest pictures of deer is, or, um, general landscape. Like what is, what is your forte or favorite? Oh, my favorite. I love doing harvest photos. Um, I started doing video stuff in the last year or two, and that's really been fun because I always wanted to do video stuff when I first did a photo, but uh, my, my computer couldn't take it. <laughs> the screen was garbage. It never matched the colors on my photos. I always had to check them on my phone to make sure they look good. But, um, yeah, harvest photos for sure. It's better. It beats the, uh, the, the two-year-old birthday parties and family photos by a mile. <laughs> I could imagine. <laughs> the energy is much different. I'm sure. <laughs> it's, toddlers are the hardest thing to try and photograph. They don't ever stop moving, ever. Yeah. And then I'm sure the parents are getting annoyed of their oh, kid yeah. not behaving. And the mother-in-laws get sassy. Oh, yeah. But instead <laughs> of a guy that's just fist bumping everyone, <laughs> yeah. just shot a giant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I could, I could certainly imagine that. But, yeah, we, I, wish we were, I wish we were doing that or uh, doing a harvest day. But season's been slow for me. How has it been for you up to this point? Oh, nothing but SD cards full of two-and-a-half-year-old eight points. I can relate on a lot of farms. <laughs> it hasn't stopped me before, but this year, <laughs> this year I'm going to hold out. So we had, we had one big eight point show up, like I don't know, early, late September, and I haven't seen him since. Got one video of him, had like 13 inch G2s, monster. But he, of course, stays on the sanctuary property next door. Mm. So how that goes? So uh, what? A three year old deer, four year old deer, whatever trips trigger. Uh. I'm putting you on the spot. Uh, if I get excited, I don't know. That's all that matters. Yeah, like I think the buck I killed late season last year, he, he's probably going to be a three-and-a-half-year-old, but his rack his rack was kind of similar to your ten-and-a-half-year-old. Just It was gnarly looking, I don't know. And having him come in from a 1,000 yards watching him and then having him pop up was pretty cool. And there's a whole other story behind that hunt. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Anything bigger outside the ears, over 130? Got a frame and some body? It's kind of in my realm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's – that hunt was cool too. Just you typically don't get that long. Like going through these deer, most of these uh, interactions are pretty short for the most part. Right. But to get to see one that far away and yeah. have it come in and come yeah. together is yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I saw three bucks popped out at a thousand yards, and I glassed them. And the one I shot had a much darker body. He was with two younger bucks. They dipped into the timber, and then they popped out into the CRP like an hour later as these does were feeding in. And I'm like, oh, my God, this deer just covered 1,000 yards and is going to appear 50 yards in front of me with my muzzle loader. Whew. Yeah. Well, here, and here's the, here's the other thing, too, just thinking about uh, uh, paths that we've crossed. Where would you go to college? Western Illinois University. I also went there. Harvard on a hill. <laughs> Harvard on a hill. I'm, <laughs> far from it, but, <laughs> but we, we can say that. A hunter's paradise. <laughs> I mean, yeah, for sure. And what – I don't, um, I think I transferred there, oh uh, gosh, like 2015 maybe? So were you? St- I graduated I, in 15. I thought we were overlapping a year. Probably. Probably bumped into each other on that. That's the thing is, I don't know how we would have not seen each other. Western's not big. True. At all. I don't know. I like to think we saw each other crossing bars. Maybe <laughs> we're going to buy me a drink or something. Nah. <laughs> Cheap. <laughs> the college days. Yeah. Dollar bottles. Come on. True. Wednesday. Uh, yeah, for sure. Shout uh, out the pace. Yeah. RIP. 
So you went to school at Western, and then what did you study? Uh, biology. And where do you work now? I work for the Natural Resources Conservation Service, NRCS. Uh, how long have you been there? Uh, six years now. Six years. So um, obviously, so what, what made you want to go into biology in general? Do you just like nature? Oh, yeah. Work I mean, like the, the dream job was a wildlife biologist, but when uh, and every time I was in high school, I'd see like pheasants forever posting these farm bill biologist jobs. And I thought, uh, oh, wow, $30,000 a year? Oh, my gosh, that's, that's, that's going to be awesome. And then when you finally get to college and you're like, wow, biologist jobs don't pay nothing. You have to move around. Your, your um, jobs aren't secure. You know, you have to bounce around if you're on the federal side sometimes because they're temporary jobs. And uh, northern Illinois wasn't the, most, uh, <laughs> the best spot to be a biologist. Not very diverse part of no, the state. <laughs> no, and those jobs, it's so competitive, too. I had a buddy that got a master's in fisheries, and he – I asked him how many times he applied for a fish and wildlife job, and he said he couldn't even count. And they were just technician jobs. Like, they paid, like, thirty-five grand a year. And he mm-hmm. had a master's, and he was trying to get, like, an undergrad-level job with fish and wildlife, and he still couldn't ever get hired. Well, uh, without getting into too much, why do you, is, it, is it just that desirable of a job where people just want to work outside and oh, yeah. work for the government? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a dream job if you're, like, a fishing kid. You're a fisheries biologist. You're True. netting carp and electroshocking, but... And he ended up uh, working for Illinois DNR biologist now, so he made it. He got it good. That's good. So six years in the NRCS office, and what are what are some of the things that you work on? So, like, what's your expertise? Oh, bread and butter CRP, definitely. One of the most intimidating, misunderstood three <laughs> letters in the entire English language. Yeah, <laughs> either people hate it or love it. Yeah, in uh, very charged opinions about it for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's very diverse, very uh, polarizing. So um, CRP, and that's basically, so what exactly do you, how are you tied in with CRP? Are you checking for compliance? Are you helping people put together plans? You name it, start to finish. Like start to finish, we got a, somebody will come in FSA and put an application. I'll make sure it's a good fit for the area, do the planning, uh, seating recommendations, um, and then the first couple of year recommendations, how to manage it, uh, checkouts, yeah, everything, start to finish. How, how bad or how big has the learning curve been for that? Oh, I always tell like the new NRCS employees, it's two years. Dude. It's two years until you can confidently like walk up to a guy at the counter and like <laughs> answer all his questions. Because it's, it's, it's alphabet soup. There's so many acronyms and policy changes with every administration. And it, it's a learning curve. Mm-hmm. Like I've had, it's weird because I've had three administrations I've been under and they're all way different. The funding changes, everything changes. So, and then do you know anything about the new bill that's coming down the pipeline? Yeah, it's, it's going to be good for conservation. It's, you know, as much as some people might not like the administration, when uh, the government is blue, funding for conservation comes. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, you know, they're more eco-friendly, but not getting political. But, yeah, we, uh, allegedly we have billions of dollars, literally with a B, billions coming <laughs> just for conservation. And the biggest hurdle has been some of our um, programs, you know, you'll apply – and you're ranked with a, a ranking number, you're how, what you score, and then whatever the cutoff is for how many applicants and how much money they got, they cut it off there. I think like CSP or EQIP um, for the state, the average is like 7% acceptance. Wow. Yeah, it's ridiculously low. It's been terrible. It yeah. used to be back in the day, you get a CSP like nothing. Like CSP was a great program for um, farmers to get money, and now it's, it's hard. The money's slim. And so that's 
there's supposed to be this resurgence funds. Hopefully yeah, with that. hopefully it's supposed to be coming down any time, any day now, right? Uh, I'm not sure. It's the government. <laughs> 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 We've been hearing about these funds. Well, NRCS has hired over 100 100 employees in the last year, I think, year or two. I mean, it's been nuts, and they're still hiring. So like they're they've been warning us, preparing us for a couple of years. Like, oh, be ready, it's coming, and we're still waiting on a beach for this tide to come. So whenever it comes, it comes. It'll be great because money talks. What are some things that, let's say someone is getting ready to enroll in a program, is, would you sit, this is just, this is not financial advice, and anything <laughs> else, but I'll just use me for example. So uh, I can qualify, I went to the uh, FSA office, I can qualify for CRP, and there's this new potential program coming in where there might be more payment, there might be other different programs that it'll qualify for. Would you, would you wait on the sidelines just for a little bit longer to see what shakes out, or would you just take what's in front of you? It's hard because... The only thing that I could see going up, um, this is an opinion of mine, not the federal government. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I could see the cost share going up for the initial like planting and all those upfront costs, but um, land rental rates, you know, that might go up too because just rent, land rent is crazy. But yep. I don't know. You might get more money upfront to cover your um, all your bills because it used to be CRP would pay ninety percent cost share. So you the know, government would pay 90%? 90%. So you say your seed bill is 10, 10 grand, they'd pay nine grand of it. Wow. Yeah. And it's been knocked down to 50 for the, I don't know, it's been a little while. It's been 50%. So some uh, bigger bills. We've had pollinator projects that were 80 grand before, 100 some acres. I mean, that seed's expensive. And the seed has come down a lot, but um, hopefully the cost share gets higher because that spooks a lot of guys off, especially with waterways. You know, waterway work is four or five grand an acre and only Just paying of half of that. No, waterways, it'll be dirt work is the big cost. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, and the dirt work alone is, you know, that's average, yeah, three to four or five grand. It keeps going up. And where I'm at in DeKalb, it's, you know, price years to go towards the collar counties. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully the cost here gets higher because there's other programs that could pay for waterways. But yeah, we need to be competitive. For sure. And that's a – the cost here is something I think – could easily be overlooked for someone that's just looking with uh, rose colored glasses of, man, I can qualify for CRP. It's going to pay me $3,000 a year, year and it's going to, it's going to be like a four or five year break even. Yeah. Hypothetically. Yeah. Yeah. You still have that upfront cost of all your trees, grass, everything. Like, Time, maintenance. Yeah. And installation. Cause most guys, either they don't have a drill that can do native seed or they got to hire it out and that's not cheap. Mm-hmm. I mean, average like seeding cost is, you know, 200 an acre for just the seed. Yeah. It's it's not cheap. Mm-hmm. And they've come down a lot. I remember when Pollinator was like 350 bucks an acre, and I think Pheasants Forever has a mix now that's like low 100 an acre. That's so huge. prices have come down. The demand was pretty high there for a while with Pollinator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I <laughs> it would be sweet in a perfect world if they would uh, cover, like would be closer to the 90-10 or even 80-20 oh, yeah. or even 70-30, 70-30, because it is a lot of upfront oh, cost yeah. and expense. It's, it's a big cost, especially when you get to like actual construction projects and not just seeding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, waterways can get pricey. Yeah, and so, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. There's so much with CRP. There could be a CRP podcast. Oh, yeah. The manual's like 800 pages long. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I always go to the the government website and start reading stuff and my eyes start to glaze over yeah. and I'm like, man, this is boring. And it's always like generic. It's so yeah. generic. Like, like if you read the description of CRP on the website, it's like, okay, but what is it? Yeah. Like it's so broad. It's like, okay, two sentences. come on, let's, let's simplify this. Yeah. It's uh, like program type one sentence. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't know a Turn lot. Turn your farm ground to conservation land. All right. What's that mean? Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about 
let's just walk through an entire process. Let's say someone is, they just bought a farm or they already have a farm and it's maybe rough farm ground and they're thinking about maybe putting things into CRP. So there's two different forms of CRP currently. So general and continuous, what, what is what and what might be good for one person versus the other? Remember that two-year learning curve I was talking yes. about? <laughs> the general continuous thing might took me four years. It's, it's confusing, but boil down general has to be has to have a certain erodibility to it. So the super hilly stuff that you H-E-L see, is the H-E-L, H-E-L is the word. The super hilly stuff that you see that's all in like prairie grass, it's likely general. It's, it's bigger swaths of land, lower payments generally. You have to actually bid your payment for general. And not to interrupt, usually you want to bid lower than what the county average is? Yeah, yeah. Generally, it's lower than the county average. Um, you're just getting one big swath of land, and that's, I guess, the perk. But um, the continuous is continuously open. You can always submit something. Um, there's a lot more practices in continuous. General, there's really a handful. It's, and they're really broad. It's like warm season grasses, cool season grasses, um, bottomland tree planting, wildlife habitat. So very general stuff. And there's, there's changes coming, of course. So they're going to broaden some of that and make some of those practices continuous, allegedly. Like I said, it's the mm-hmm. government always changing. But like continuous, you can do waterways, filter strips, pollinator, uh, wind breaks. Um, it's a huge list. There's probably 30 practices on the list. And some of them, most of them don't even qualify for our area. Some weird stuff, but mm-hmm. um, it's a huge list. So just to recap, so continuous usually has higher payments? Yeah, it's whatever the average <laughs> runner rate is for that soil. Okay, and we've seen. I think the like top dollar in DeKalb County is two fifty six mm-hmm. for like drummer soil, really good stuff. Um, and if you get into the floodplain, it, just, it dumps down to like one thirty. I think it's nothing if you're wow. floodplain soil, which sucks for guys that want to do wetlands. Yeah, it, that's probably the most uh, sensitive type of ground. Yeah, that exactly. Should be enrolled. I've always said it. It should be inverse. We should pay higher for the junk ground. The more erodible, the less desirable. And then like the really top tier stuff, maybe we can lower that. But guys see dollars and they don't want to put, you know, pollinator there. They can do corn and do 300 bushel. Yeah. I don't know. I I wish they'd pay more on on, um, floodplain for sure because it's bad. It's low. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I just got a – they ran a scenario for back here. and I want to say it was just under 240 bucks an acre. Mm. Which Which is pretty good for – Yeah. Is it H-E-L? Yes. Yeah, that's pretty good for H-E-L. Yep, yep. So – and so what are the sign-ups? So continuous, you can apply whenever mm. as long as – and you usually have to own, you have to own the ground for a year yep. as well before you can try to submit into that. So and then general, is that at the end of the year type situation or do they say, hey, general applications are open? Yeah, they announced both dates. I, I want to say general closed, I don't know, within the last <laughs> few months or so, maybe the month. We don't do a lot of general in DeKalb just because we're flat black dirt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, there'll be an open – They'll always announce the open for the sign-up, so that's kind of waffles in the air when it opens and closes. Okay. Not sure why they do it that way, but okay. So government. we got general and continuous. They both have different practices. You said continuous has more flexibility and mm-hmm. more programs, so let's let's continue on because most people listening to this probably would fall under the continuous um, category, you would think? It's hard to say. I mean, if you're in good deer hunting country, you know, western Illinois, or if you're hilly ground, it's likely HEL, and it could be continuous. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, it just depends. If it's continu- if it's hilly, erodible, it can go general for sure. More rough ground. More rough ground can go general. It's got to okay. have an erodibility index of a certain number. Okay. So, and this is me asking you because this is what you do for work. <laughs> so, the back there is HEL. I could do CP4D. Yes. That's under general? Yep, that's wildlife habitat. That's okay. general, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So, 
it's tough to go down a road here because it could, it could it, we're already at a fork in the road, but let's continue on here. So let's say someone is able to sign up for general or whether it's continuous, regardless, they want, they want the best of both worlds. They want income and they want good habitat with the opportunity to improve it and have better hunting, which it's a pretty easy sell for most people. Mm-hmm. So what's, what are some programs that should be at the very forefront of people's minds that they should be asking the NRCS office or FSA office about? Yeah. Well, it depends who you ask. Who's your tree guy that loves tree plantings? Skip. Skip. Okay, so if you ask Skip, he's going to say tree planting for sure. Uh-huh. Uh, with a CP4D, you can kind of get the best of both worlds. You can do native grasses. You can do trees, shrubs. Um, now, if you just want grasses like strictly bedding, like I'm pretty sure bedding in a bag qualifies like, yes. for one of our seedings that meets the requirement. Then you can and go. And that's uh, Indian grass, big blue stem, yep. uh, pretty heavy mix. Yep, mixed yep. Switch. switch grass, yeah, mostly switch, I think. Um, yeah, you can do that for uh, CP, I think it's two for warm season grasses. But yeah, then you have a bedding mecca, and you can include food plots in general. That's the other thing. Mm-hmm. Generally, you can do up to 10% of the acreage. Continuous, you cannot. No. So that's a huge, all right, so we'll continue down the general. So continue on, sorry. Yeah, so uh, you can do the food plots in your uh, conservation plan. And how much can you do? So let's say 10%. 10%. Yep. And is there a cap? Let's say I got a, let's say I, oh, I think there, I think put me there on is. the spot here. I want to say there is because let's say, I want to say it's no more than a certain amount of acreage. Like five acres maybe? I think it's five. Yeah, yeah. So I think if you had right. a, if you had a 55 acre or let's say even a hundred acre uh, field you put in, you could only still do five I think acres that sounds right. Mm-hmm. Uh, people can fact check this, but I'm, I'm fairly certain with that. So when you think of that, even here back here, so just cause I think 10 acres is pretty relatable for most people. Mm. And a lot of these smaller parcels are going to have, I don't know, eight to 12, eight to 15 acres of tillable that usually is packaged together with some mm-hmm. of these rec pieces. So the, uh, the beautiful thing with that is 10 acres. Okay. So I can put one acre into food. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's a, that's a good chunk. Yeah. It, that's a, a decent sized plot. Now let's just keep talking about the CP4D because I think that one to me is most exciting because of all the diversity that can go into it. So mm-hmm. what, what typically could potentially go into a CP4D contract? Oh, species wise. Warm season grasses is like the bread and butter. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you can also mix in shrubs and trees with that. Um, we don't do a lot of CP4D in my County, but I know that's like, that's like the hunter's delight between yeah. the food plot and the, 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 know, shrubs, the flexibility. The grasses and it, it's flexible, you know, you can, as long as it's native and uh, you're taking care of it and it's not getting overgrown with mulberries and honeysuckle, like it's probably going to be good. How hard is it to maintain a stand like that too? Cause I feel with warm season grasses, pollinate, it's a, a lot more straightforward because you're not yeah. having to deal with trying to keep specific plants alive. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 a, it's honestly about the same. Um, your biggest worry with your, Warm season grasses is cool season grasses, and a timed spraying can take care of those pretty easily. Thistles are always a hassle. If you have thistles in your seed bank, when you're trying those. to establish, yeah, you I'm do. Nervous yes, about you it. do. If you're trying to establish with thistles, it's you got to be on it with the spray. Um, otherwise, we're in honeysuckle country, so those yep. will pop up. Mulberry cedars. I know you love your cedars. I like my cedars. Where <laughs> right. the cedars is big dude. Call you on compliance, no. <laughs> right? Um, but it's not. It's not impossible, but. Just a lot of guys when they sign up don't know the management that it takes. And, you know, back when CRP wasn't <clears> checked as often, you know, it would be 10 years down the road and it's like, oh, crap, this is this is bad. Mm-hmm. This isn't going to work. And guys either have to spend a lot of money to get it fixed or they just don't go back in. But now we kind of have a check system where we check it every three years and kind of be like, hey, heads up, this is going to need some work. Uh-huh. So the compliance game is always – a hassle. <laughs> so if I plant trees and shrubs back there, though, how do how am I how do I manage that? And this that's the other question I have too. 
that 10 acres back there, are all those intermingled? So I have, let's say, say, look at it on a scale of one acre. Do I have a mixture of shrubs and trees and warm season grasses all combined, or is it sections? Oh, or do I, boy. or is it somewhat, somewhat up to discretion? I want to say it's up to discretion. I, I think they like blocks. So a chunk, of, like the divert, like shrubs. Did I assume probably like more edge habitat? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, it it all depends on the county too. Like, <clears throat> I hate to say it, but yeah, every county's different, mm-hmm. and some are more flexible than others. And if you give them this big plan, that's like, I'm gonna do shrubs and trees and rows all within this gra- this um this warm season grasses keep them mowed around you know if you if it sounds like you can manage it and they're fine with it it'll be okay but like i don't know it's hard to say because i haven't done that many of them in our yeah. county you're in a boring but county. i i just it's i'm in a very boring county but i know it's very flexible mm-hmm. and um it's not like it's super rigid on where you gotta put them i, I believe mm-hmm. okay so all right and then what about um what about food plots so could you hypothetically could you put let's say someone want which I don't suggest planting a one-acre soybean plot unless you fence it off, but could you put a one-acre uh, staining grain plot on that? Yeah, and we have lists that they <laughs> – it's funny, the list that they provide that's like, oh, recommended food plot, and it's like, who plants that for deer hunting? <laughs> what? But, I mean, if, as long as you're maintaining it and you could probably plant whatever you want, I don't think your county's going to care. Sure. You know, you know what's best for the deer, not, uh, mm-hmm. not always the county. Mm-hmm. That's nice to have that discretion to do – corn or beans yeah, or yeah. brassicas or yep. clover or um that's definitely that flexibility is certainly nice so what about uh cp3a ah the tree planting yeah another one um that one you're talking those are hardwoods right yeah those are all hardwoods so probably like walnuts here yep oaks, oaks. yeah uh, you're gonna be more it's gonna be more it's definitely you know gonna be in rows Generally, they'll put like a cool season mix underneath uh-huh. maybe with some like alfalfa in it. It's it's okay, I guess. I don't know. It depends what you want. Like most guys that do that are going to plan on harvesting them, and you know, at the end, yeah, um, or they're hoping for an, or they're hoping for an acorn crop. Uh-huh. But um, I don't know. I like the four D better just because it's you get more grass in there and more diversity. You get yeah, the shrubs, yeah, more yeah, yeah. levels of height and cover. Yep, which is yep. really cool. Yep. So could you excuse me? Could you um, plant different things versus those trees wouldn't have to be in rows, hypothetically, right? Or does it just depend on the county and who your technician is? Well, our, our plans go by rows and spacing distance. We have a spacing distance requirement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it's in rows generally, yeah. But again, is your county going to say no? You have to tear these out? And I hope not. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope not. Yeah. What about, uh, <clears throat> let's say someone decides to go, warm season grasses are obviously another thing that's likely already established on a piece that someone buys or something that they would want to establish. So that is a how many year process would you say from converting to where you're like, wow, you stand back and say, that looks good. Yeah. It's usually year three, especially with the pollinators. Those that's when the flowers really pop. But first year it's usually garbage. Second year you're starting to see some nice stuff. It's like, Oh yeah, there's, there's some blue stem. There's Indian grass coming up. And then year three is usually when it's really coming in and then you do a burn after that. And it's just, it looks good. Explodes. Yeah. Just explodes afterwards. Do you, uh, is pollinator one of your favorite blends? Just oh, from, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Because it can go anywhere. Mm-hmm. We don't – every – the main thing, like every uh, conservation practice has a um, land requirement, like a resource concern, we call it. Okay. It's like a waterway. You have to have, you know, ephemeral gully or classic gully erosion, and like, it has to be there. You can't just put a waterway anywhere. Uh, filter strip has to be along a creek. But, like, pollinator, 
slap that stuff anywhere. Mm -hmm. And that was back before they limited the acreage of pollinator. It was great because you could just put it anywhere, just odd corners, places that guys didn't want to get a planter into, just anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, they've they've limited that down to acreage size now, but uh, hopefully maybe the new farm bill, they'll change that back. We'll see. I'm, I'm really curious to see what that looks like because there's – for me, there's some level of anticipation. I'm never, I'm not the guy that's sitting back and have my fingers crossed for the government's gonna do something <laughs> awesome. I'll, I'll continue to move move on I'm with my gonna, life. I'm not gonna comment on that. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm a I'm a private citizen. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I think those are all really really uh, important things. What is something else that someone should know? And you know, they're they're at the one on one level of CRP of just trying to you know navigate these waters. Patience, <laughs> patience, <laughs> patience, and don't be afraid to bug them. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you might have an awesome county that gets stuff done, but sometimes some counties need a little little push in. Mm -hmm. But generally, you know, FSA they're they're very good about getting their applications through, and um, NRCS loves going out into the field, so we'll be glad to come check it out for you. What about point system when you're applying? Can you explain what that means, or what what are what the heck that? Is? Yeah, so for general. You get points for if you take a cut in payment. You get points for if you put some additional acreage of the area in a pollinator. You'll get some points for a what they call like a, a more diverse mix, which is like five species. It should be more than that, but <laughs> like it's like you have like a, a five point mix or a three point. I forget the exact amount. Don't 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 hit me in the comments. Um, <laughs> but like if you put, if you plant a more diverse mix, you get the higher points. Um, if you put a food plot in, it's a little more points. But yeah, it's all a point system. And um, most generals get in in our area. Um, just because there's not a lot of people signing up for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Generals, not something we do a lot of just because we're pretty flat. Mm -hmm. There, <clears throat> um, Really in this area, I mean, there's there's some sorry stands of CRP around here. Oh, yeah. I hate to be a It's hater. all brome grass. Yeah. It, I, I, why? I mean, obviously it helps with erosion, I assume, mm. but – Beyond that, it's just a desert. And well, it depends. You know, back to the resource concern thing. If their only resource concern that they care about that farm is Soil erosion, yeah. then they can plant it all into cool season grasses. Like that's allowed. It's I know, but gosh <laughs> dang it's it. It's a desert. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then they go in and they mow it when they're not supposed to. And as you saw turkey poults running out of there this <laughs> yeah. year. Yeah. I I mean I get that and I understand everyone has different goals too. Yeah. And it's probably selfish for me to wish that everyone did pollinator and cool uh you know good yeah. stands of warm season but, grasses. But hey, less less ground that we have in corn is less supply which brings the price up. That's the other thing CRP does is lower supply. Do you think that's strategic? Um, Off the record. I don't know. Off the record can't on the record. I guess I can't say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's I don't know. I don't want to say that's I don't know. I'm gonna leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. It's it, ideally it gets the bad ground out of production and lowers erosion. Mm -hmm. That's the whole goal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it is cool that you have the opportunity to do your, do different things, do different programs. You can't put on food plots. I mean, that beats the heck out of uh, a lot of different things. I mean, I, I planted the beans back there and I couldn't get a farmer to want to pick them because it's, <laughs> it's because it's just too small. It's hilly. It's turns. small. It's hard to get the equipment across. Hey, we got a good crop though. I'm, pr I'm proud of my crop. The deer are going to love it. Uh, there's not going to be a January is going to be fun. I'll probably find four sheds. <laughs> <laughs> All eight point basket racks. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, but um, okay. What about, I'm just looking through some of these uh, mental notes I have here. Is there anything else that we should really cover here or nail down with CRP? Uh, I can take you like, front to back the whole process 
let's do that. Yeah, I mean, we can give a general overview because a lot of guys, you know, they, it's I, CRP is FSA's program. Okay, like it's an FSA program. Yep. But NRCS does the, te- the technical side of it, all the technical work. So, um, first thing, you know, a guy wants to put some in CRP. He'll go to FSA, talk to their CRP clerk, and uh, she'll take it down, write up a scenario, and then she comes to me with what's called a suitability and feasibility sheet. And I got to determine if this site is suitable for the practice and if the practice is feasible to solve the problem. Um, I'll fill it out, give it to her. She will send the offer to him, get a signed offer, and then that comes back to me, which is when I start the planning. Um, I do a whole lot of computer mapping stuff to get all the acreages, plan it in our little conservation desktop. In, um, you got a uh, program for it? Oh, yeah. We have like a whole NRCS web-based um, mapping system. It's like half GIS, half um, our conservation planning. It's, okay. It was rough. <laughs> it was rough at first, but I, I love it. It's great. So I'll plan it, uh, print everything off, you know, get their – that's another thing we should talk about is mid-management. Um, get their mid-management figured out. And then they'll sign it, and then usually they'll call me and be like, all right, what do I got to plant? Um, we will have seeding recommendations we'll give them, um, when to plant it, how to plant it, everything, where they can get the seed, who can plant it for them. We got uh, lists of contractors. And then plan for them to, you know, get it planted. And once it's planted, um, they'll turn in seed tags, get all their bills paid for. And then in the first two years, I'll go and do a establishment review to see if it's established or if it just completely failed. And what if it does? There is cost share. Like if it if it's say it's like a wetland and it just floods out and floods out and you had a really wet year, or even if it's anywhere, if we had a wet year and it just nothing grew, like there's cost share that'll it's called a failed you know, it's a failed stand. So if I plant a bunch of trees and shrubs, we get a drought next summer. And they all die. Yeah, you'll get you get cost share to replant them. Okay. Um so if it's established, looks good, we'll move on and then if not we can maybe tweak it from there, add reseed it, do whatever. And then their mid-management period is beginning, which is um, we'll plan either like a prescribed burn. Um, strip disking is an option, um, which a lot of guys don't do because that can introduce a lot of weeds if you got a weed bank. Um, and then interseeding is kind of my new favorite. Um, it's because a lot of guys are afraid of burns. It's fun. It is fun, but they think that uh, Midwestern Illinois is like out west, and if – it gets in the timber, all the trees are going to light on fire like matchsticks. Like, I've had so many guys like, well, I don't want to get it. I don't want to let it get in the timber. And I always tell them, like, if your timber can burn, I'd be impressed. It's only – Because there's not enough uh, – No fuel. fuel. Yeah, it's like unless you have a good oak and hickory stand, walnut, mostly oak and hickory, like, it's not going to burn. I've tried to burn our woods where we deer hunt every year and nothing. Mm-hmm. It, it won't burn. There's no fuel. It's all soft tissue, and it just evaporates in the winter. So I try to push for burns, but that's got its – own uh, downfalls, you know, 20-page burn plans. Sending you have them. to write? I have to write, yep. <laughs> um, I enjoy writing them, but it's just, it's a lot for guys. I hand them that paper, and they're like, wow, all this to light a drop match? A match. Yeah, yeah, drop a match. Um, so then they got to get a permit from EPA, and then the way that burns have to go per policy is they got to do it a third of the acreage every year. So it's a three-year process for getting, you know, the permits every year and everything. So guys get gun-shy from that. Um, so we've been doing a lot of interseeding, which is just you are literally adding more seed to the stand. Normally it's flowers. Get a little boost of flowers in there. And um, that's and been you a good. frost seed those in? Uh, you can frost seed. Um, you can drill them in the fall, drill them in the spring, pretty much any time but middle of summer when it's hot and dry sure. for warm seasons. And I'll give you a, I'll give you a glowing uh, 
uh, review our burnout here. Couldn't have, couldn't have went better other than the stuff that the field that didn't burn very yep, well. But no fuel. But exactly, yeah. And we, I mean, we tried everything we could to get that thing I going. I was zigzagging through there with a drip torch, and yeah. it was just didn't the, the fuel was too tall. If we would have mowed it yeah. a week before, it would have burnt for yeah. sure, but it was too stemmy. Yep, I agree. But uh, everything else, like all the brome, all the oh, junk, yeah. oh, yeah. so perfect. Brome burns nice and slow and even. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay, um, anything else here on the actual process? Oh, uh, yeah, I guess I'll finish that up. So, and then the last three years – um, it'll be kind of a, another maintenance review. Uh, make sure everything looks okay, that, that you'll be okay to re-enroll in three years. And um, if we say, yeah, you're good, and then the three-year period comes up and you'll, boop, re-enroll it for another 10 years. Or we, if it's not, then you have the time to fix it to be in compliance. Okay. So if it's a waterway, you know, you can reshape it. If it's um, a pollinator or a, um, a wetland that needs to be reseeded because wetlands, they can – get carried away with reed canary grass oh, yeah. <laughs> so oh, yeah. it's it's a lot of management it's more than guys think it's gonna be um they don't know you know don't want to i'm not gonna be down on farmers but a lot of them don't know what native plants look like or what bad plants look like i've had guys you know they show me their property like oh look at the, how great this looks and i'm like, like yeah it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's green but it's not the right stuff yeah so it's it's a learning curve for them and it's been a learning curve for me but um, we're again, we're pretty flexible. We'll help them like, Hey, nuke this thing. And we're going to start from scratch for the next 10 years. So have you ever seen, I know it's probably different throughout the country. Have you ever seen someone go through the entire CRP contract? They want to renew, but renew, but there's no funds. Um, no, no. CRP has been around since 1985 and it's been, in my opinion, like the most successful conservation program. Um, yeah, it's always been there and I don't see it going anywhere. Enrollment is down. Um, compared, prices compared, are, oh yeah, it's yeah. hard when corn is seven dollars. Lot of water or fence rows got taken out. Oh yeah, hey, you got to make money. I get it. For and sure. When CRP is only going to pay you two fifty, you know, it's not as appealing to put a whole field in. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it ebbs and flows. If corn prices go down, we'll have more CRP enrollment. But the only good thing, obviously, with commodity prices up, the average, uh, you know, cash rent for the county should also increase which therefore should increase the CRP contract? It should. Hypothetically? Hypothetically, but it's always lagging. Like it's like always going to be a couple years behind, it mm-hmm. seems. Um, yeah, it's the ebb and flow. If um, if we got high rental prices and they adjust the rents, it won't be another year or two until they, they um, mirror that in the actual payments for CRP. How are the cash rent uh, – is that self-reported? So that's, that's all soil-based. We have soil No, no, no. So, okay, all right, go ahead. So – Maybe I just need to rephrase my question. So the county average for cash rent, yeah, is that self-reported by the farmers? Um, I honestly don't know where they get the numbers. I don't know. It might be like a survey, but I know a lot of farmers don't like talking about what they pay for cash rent. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> There's probably another 10, 20% buffer of yeah. what it really is. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't. Because obviously that's a win-win for everyone to keep it lower. Right. But with county average, 225, that's what I'm offering, 225. Yeah, it should yeah. be like 270 right. or something. And my, honestly, I think it should be higher than the county average as an incentive. Sure. Like incentivize conservation. Because you're locking it in for 10 years. Yeah. It's not, it's, there's no tiered approach where you start at, you know, 240 and then in 10, in 10 years, I'm going to laugh at 240 and be like, man, that's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. We got guys that got in when, uh, Pollinator used to be like 400 an acre. Crazy. Insane. And they locked in 10 years there. And now, now we've topped out and they've actually capped the price of CRP at 300 an acre. So 
A lot of guys are laughing at the bank there. Oh, my gosh. That was a golden era of yeah. a window of opportunity. Yep. Yep. So, and we don't know what it's going to do in the future. Ideally, it'll go up, but who knows? Grain might drop, and they might not change it. I don't know. Uh, yeah, if you did know, you'd be a, a very well-off person. I don't think the Farmer's, <laughs> farmer's Almanac will have that in the back pages. <laughs> It'd be sweet <laughs> if they did. Just It would be really cool to know what this new program may have or what it – because the, the, obviously the $400 per acre for the pollinator program was – that's crazy. That's that's a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I want to say Iowa has the most enrolled CRP acres across the board. Probably. They yep. got the good combination of hilly stuff and yep and corn ground. Let me. I'm gonna Google. Uh, I'm just gonna Google here. Young Jamie, pull that up. Yeah. <laughs> He's Skyler's uh, editing hard hard work over there. He's zoned in. <laughs> He's, <laughs> you have 15 minutes here. <laughs> CRP enrollment by state. I don't want the government website. That'll be boring. We're going to click it, though. <laughs> Good luck. Uh, what does SS or SRR mean? Soil rental rate. Okay. Yeah. Is there any way to f- – this is interesting. Sign up 54 acceptable a- – sign up 54 acceptable acres safe, that new program, by state. Mm-hmm. Is that new? Like, is that just – Safe – It's it's coming on the pipeline. Safe acres – are it basically means you can put general anywhere. Okay. Is the way I understand it. Um, yeah, safe acres, it allows you to put general practices on continuous ground. Um, they're, they're zoned as far as like, um, I don't know, there's certain areas of the state that they deem they want more wildlife habitat. So at DeKalb, we have a very small corner of the county that's in safe, and we got a couple practices down there, but we'll see what comes in the future. Here's there's, a ma- there's stuff coming. Yeah, I, there's some areas here, uh, not far from here. There's a chunk over here, and then further south, that's in some sort of program yeah. that, that you could do. Um, so I wasn't able to find the other, the other link was broken, ironically, <laughs> on the site. But this has this shows that CRP there's 12.4 million acres expiring in the next, or I guess almost at the end of this year. So the most interesting thing is north central Missouri is a hotbed south central iowa is a decent hotbed and then north west texas huge southwest kansas yeah i know kansas has a lot yep and then eastern colorado that's pretty interesting (laughs) rough ground yeah so yeah, that's that's really fascinating. Well, I don't. I mean, it's it seems like it's one of those things. The more you're just in it, and the more programs you do, and the more you're just gonna learn the ins oh, and yeah. outs. I'm still is, learning. Is there any uh, magic tricks people need to know about CRP? How do you gotta, uh, you know, uh, do you gotta? Is there any sp- secret code words? The secret menu there? <laughs> <laughs> Slide a five dollar bill on the counter? No, <laughs> I don't. Nothing. Patience, I guess. I mean, it's it's government. It takes. It's gonna take time. Um, but it's good. I mean, the, which the cost share is nice and the annual payment's great. If you're wildlife minded, you can get benefits financially. You get by benefits, you know, with the habitat. It's, it's my favorite program. Yeah. Cause that something just going back to this, just cause it's easy to talk about is I want to put something, I want to put that in the habitat back of there mm-hmm. anyways. And as I like, well, you get cost share and you get a little bit of income versus no income Nothing. and no 
cost share. Yeah. And then I'm like, wow, well, man, but I don't want the government to tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> We've got plenty of guys that feel yeah. that way. They, the, the word contract scares them. Yeah. But it's, it's like, really not. I mean, the, like, gr- the government's not taking your ground. You're essentially renting the ground to the government for 10 years. Yeah. You still have control. But like with the CB4D, those trees are going to be established. For t- it's not like you could easily just put that back into row crop production. Oh, and yeah. It's not a big field anyways. Yeah. But that's the only – it would be very interesting, the field right down the road, to mm-hmm. see something like that into a really cool program. Like, that'd be so cool. Something better than it is. Yeah, yeah better sure. than brome. Yeah. yeah. They just need to get rid of brome. <laughs> <laughs> it's always the bane of uh, any warm season grass existence. Yeah. You're always fighting sure. that stuff. Yeah. I mean, everything that's back here is all – this is brome. Yeah, if you see it, it's it's probably brome. Yeah, and so okay, um, what you want to own some land? I do eventually. And you, man, you work hard. You have you got multiple. Depends who you ask. <laughs> well, who who's asking? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you do because you obviously you just got a promotion. Uh, yep, I took a new job in RCS. Yeah. And then you... Which uh, ironically means no more CRP. <laughs> <laughs> That's in the rearview mirror now. What is, uh, what's the new discipline of your new job here? Uh, I'm going to be a civil engineering technician for Northern Illinois, Area 1. So it'll be survey work, design work, um, livestock buildings, waterways, pipelines. You know, it's all survey and design. So and all, this, all the CRP paperwork is going to be gone in the past. Mm. On, on the greener pastures. I guess so. <laughs> For sure. But w- w- what that being said is you're down here today. You uh, We do photo shoots once a month for Exodus, and then you do a bunch of different just freelance shots throughout you know, the entire year. We added them up. You did like 30 shoots this year? Yeah, about that. So, and that's all, would you say that's in correlation of hopefully wanting to own a, a piece of ground someday? Yeah, I mean, right now it's, you know, just trying to pay off debt, get uh, get squared away, get a flat slate. Uh-huh. And then we could start uh, start looking around, hopefully. Absolutely. No, that's uh, super – I mean, that'll be a very fun process. And then you, you you poke around on your grandfather's farm? Yeah, my grandpa's got 43 acres in Whiteside County. Not the best deer hunting, but it's it's an upland farm. We got wild quail there, which – That I, is I, really I'm, cool. I'm always proud to say that. It's like, yeah, we hunt wild quail. And we I got good numbers. Usually it's a covey of, you know, 20 or so. We always kick them up every year when we're rabbit hunting. We've killed, you know, probably five or six quail in the last couple of years. We don't take a lot, yeah. But it's always good to see them, and it's a great rabbit farm. It's it's mostly like Osage orange and <laughs> yeah. uh, honeysuckle, just short, shrubby, just thick stuff. It's a great, the invasive great, farm, <laughs> great rabbit habitat. We have like two oak trees on the entire property. <laughs> you need to produce some uh, oak plantings for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really cool, and I think. Uh, do you think you can make that farm a good deer farm if you wanted to? With enough, I know it's far away from where you're at. That's a problem. It's so far, hour and a half drive to work for a few hours, and time is uh, of the essence, as you know. We're busy men. Yeah, you're poking. Yeah, that's that's one thing. I I will probably recalibrate moving forward. Is there was a lot of times where I go out for like two or three hours, and I just feel like I'm not getting like. Yep. By the time you get going, and then it's like, oh crap, I, I forgot. Gotta, this. I got to leave in an hour, yep. and then you're like, I just got started. I really want to. Just this is like a little bit of accountability. Schedule work days. Some actual dark to dark days. Yeah. Yeah. Three hours of work on the farm ain't nothing. I might chop down a couple trees. Yeah. That's yeah. And it's like you just do enough to realize you have more to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, here's a new pocket of timber that I need to work on. For sure. But no, I, I enjoy every opportunity I get to do that. But um anything else here? I mean, I'll just uh I'm I'm glad to know you. I'm glad to see all your uh progression as a photographer. 
You get but you get better every day. You're making me blush. No, I'm dead serious, <laughs> man. Even uh, even just the start of this year to now, I feel like you've progressed and changed your. Uh, you know, it looks good. You're doing yeah. a good job. Yeah, I'm loving the video stuff with Exus. That's that's broadened horizons. Mm-hmm. And then, let's say someone is in Illinois right now listening to this, and they potentially want to do a little bit of photography work. How should they find you? Uh, ooh, I'm on Instagram. Uh, I'll drop my email in the comments for you if you want. You got that but, WIU dot. Yeah, no, I upgraded. I've <laughs> <Okay>. upgraded. <laughs> I rocked the, the Western email for pretty well, up until now. Um, I'm on Instagram, Richard Rapley, R-A-P-P-L-E-Y. I got all my work on there. Um, yeah, I love doing harvest photos. I mean, I don't have a price, um, but I just ask, like, at least pay for my gas. <laughs> and if you want to tip me on top of that. Rates. Yeah, I know I do. I'm too nice. Um, but, yeah, if you – if you're in the Northern Illinois area within two hours of me and you got something down, I'll, I'll definitely make a trip. He's dead serious because there's been times where you left work to go take pictures. Oh, yeah, I've taken off work <laughs> too often, too yeah. often to go take pictures. Yeah. Uh, you even shot my our engagement last year. Yeah. Yep, uh, yep. The yeah. engagement photos. And then, yeah, like actual proposing, I guess uh, more proposing photos. We did both. We did both. We did. Um, oh, yeah, we should tell that story about how you botched that. We had a plan all set up for Jake <laughs> to do the proposal. It's like, it right, was I'm, a very good plan. <laughs> I'm going gonna, gonna to walk away, put my big lens on, and kind of get back away and have you, give you two a little privacy. And as soon as I turn, I hear, all I hear is, Miranda, you love my life. I love you so much. And I turn around, and I see you getting down on one knee, and I'm like, no. And I just start firing off shots and backing up at the same time. I, like, thought, I thought I would be able to keep it cool and collective, but I was, I was very excited and happy for I'm the, like, for I the I'm like, Jake, what was that? What were you doing? It wasn't all the plan. It's like, in the, like oh, I just blacked out. <laughs> the blood was pumping. It was. Yeah, shot a, shot a deer that day. And yeah, yeah, we did do your deer after that. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, no, I really appreciate it, Richard, and um, hopefully someone in this area reaches out and snaps a few pics. I'm always open. There you guys have it. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Be sure to share it with someone that might need to learn a little bit more about CRP. Be sure to use code RUT27 to save 27% off any Exodus Render bundle. Incredible deal. We were uh, Chad and I were talking about what we could do, what's the most we could possibly have uh, for you guys to save, and this is what we came up with. So do not anticipate any better savings than this. This is as good as it's going to get. So RUT27, check out the Exodus Render bend- bundles. And until next time, see you guys. Hope you guys enjoy this late October uh, and you're out hunting somewhere.